1: Hello and welcome to the Gaily Prophet, a podcast where it's our second birthday and we're doing an episode about it.
0: Do 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 <laughs> <laughs> I wish like, I had like one of those sound those like noisemakers, but I don't. Next time. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh yeah, I'm America's favorite Griffin Dandy, Ark Malachi Gray.
0: And I am Griffin dyke Shardonaire, Jesse Blount. And yeah, this is our, the second birthday of our, of this year podcast. It feels like a lifetime ago because 2020 has been four decades long.
1: Yes. For us listeners, it is our birthday is in two days. For you, our birthday was, I believe, 26 days ago, but either way, New Year's Day is our birthday. That's the first, when the first episode of the Gaily Prophet dropped and it's very exciting and we're just going to talk about some stuff and it's going to be really cute and you're going to love it. So, we're going to do like a bit of a retrospective, I guess. Let's see, where should we start?
0: Uh, I guess I I just want to say that I'm really glad that the biggest and really only major traveling I've done this year was to go to Florida with you. <laughs> and <nothing.
1: laughs> I know that's Honestly made me happy so many times because I usually leave for my birthday. And this past year, instead of doing a birthday trip, I did that trip with you and Nicole. And my birthday was the last day before we like really figured out what was going on with COVID. It's the last time that I hung out with someone IRL without a mask on it was March 18th of 2020 and i have so many times been like i'm so fucking glad that i took that vacation when i did and it was so great it was so great
0: i know i just i got i got a couple of photos from that trip printed out in an actual photo and i was like we were having such a great time <laughs> and it almost like that feels like it happened five years ago it I'm does like, was still 2020 Ah, uh,
1: the beach. Remember the beach. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: but I mean, this is also I think my friendship with you is the probably least changed friendship out of all of mine <laughs> because <laughs> we live in different places and we've always just been communicating via like video chat.
1: Yes. Yeah. I feel like whenever I've talked to people and they're like, what is different? with quarantine and whatever i'm like i mean not a whole lot and i think a lot of that is because my main thing that i always do every week is record with you and that's been exactly the same and that has been like a real source of comfort over all of this
0: yeah this has definitely been a year where my anxiety has been at unknown levels of just like am I going to pass out from the amount of anxiety that I have in my body at any given time? Yeah, And like, yeah, being able to take a couple hours and be like, you know what, I'm just going to fucking read, carry on a couple of times this chapter and we're going to record it or I'm going to like be angry about (laughs) something ridiculous in this Harry Potter chapter. It's been good to feel angry about a thing that doesn't have as high stakes as all of the high stakes things that have happened in 2020. And
1: I think too, that's one of the things. There's maybe more of an association here happening in my head than actually in existence, but whatever. That's ADHD life for you. But that's sort of like, okay, we're angry about a thing that's like not what's happening in the world and kind of objectively doesn't matter. And yet, we having the Gailey Prophet as a way to meaningfully be politically active in this world in a way that isn't causing burnout and is physically possible for me has been so helpful to like my soul and we have heard from so many people that they learn so much from our podcast and like have had A lot of really awesome, meaningful conversations with listeners about, you know, the ways that their experience of the things that are going on this year have been shaped and expanded by listening to us and, like, looking at the things that we put out on the internet. And that's just really wonderful. (laughs) It just feels, like, so fucking good.
0: Yeah. I think a year ago, I probably would have been, like... You know bringing joy in people's lives is super important but you know eyes on the prize bigger things happening in the world and this is a year where i'm like oh no we need as fucking much joy and like laughter as we can get in this because <laughs> it's like uh, besides, if you like if you don't celebrate small stuff and like find the joy in the small things, that's like you're going to burn out and be a, a husk of a person <laughs> And I mean, part of it is that, of course, I also felt very similar to some of the podcasts that I super love where, you know, I'll be like doing work or doing a thing and I'm just like stressed out about the world or whatever. And then like, so is something funny in a podcast. I'm just like laughing hysterically. And I'm like, oh my God, I needed that so badly. (laughs) I just (laughs) needed someone to make a ridiculous joke. And then I'm like almost crying (laughs) as opposed to crying from like, Everything. It's just like, oh, I can just have this moment and just have a connection with the people on the podcast and be like, we're we're all having a good time here, <laughs> you know, and a time where it's like, I desperately need to be having a good time with people, even if they are people that I'm listening to on my phone <laughs> from the iTunes podcast app.
1: Totally. Yeah. And I mean, 100%. I think I was thinking about it more in terms of like actual... Ways of addressing the things that have been going on this year, which we do both in terms of allegory, right? Like our politics section. And I have... So throughout this episode, I want to read you a couple emails that we have gotten. And one of them I want to read now because it feels relevant is from Coralie. Hopefully I'm saying that right. Coralie. I don't know. Which says... I'm working my way through your episodes. It's, un- it's an unreal experience because I'm listening to things that happened when things felt so much worse than they are now. This is a fairly recent email. I'm 13 and I have to go to school online right now. Harry Potter was what helped me through a lot of my family passing away when I was around eight years old. I have a complete adoration for all the things that you are doing with the community. As a young queer, it's it's the best way to celebrate my queerness during a time where I can't reach out to my friends in the same way. You are so powerful and wonderful, the way that you are sending these incredible messages through media. It's such a joy to listen to those who see Harry Potter the same way I do, as well as learning so much about how to be a good person and others, and others' experiences and feel more connected to my fellow queers. I have tried to spread it to other queers my age who are struggling with their families and themselves. J.K. Rowling attacking our community hurts me more than I can say, and I'm so glad to have people with me in that grief of her evil as well as listening to a group who is purely anti-racist. I look forward to listening to you every day. Thank you so much. I know. That was so great. Honestly, I don't know if there's a higher compliment than hearing from, like, a middle schooler that we are helping them learn how to be... A person? ...good people. Is that what it said? Helping me be a better person? Like that's so fucking rad. That's so incredible. I don't know. It just feels so good to be like, that's the thing that's happening.
0: I feel like it's especially great because I know that when I was in middle school and high school, there are people in my life that definitely helped me become the critical, politically aware person that I am. And like, I don't know what my life would have looked like without that kind of influence, especially because even though I see so many woke teenagers on TikTok, there's still like a ton of young people who are just kind of not sure how to engage politically or maybe for whatever reason feel very apathetic, which I understand because it's the world that young people are, are inheriting is fucking shitty. And I feel very, like, I feel just awful. So I don't know. I just, so I feel like as an adult, I've always felt it was my responsibility to be like, all right, I have to pay forward the kind of nurturing that I receive as a young person to be like, a caring, critical, aware person in society. And so it feels really good that it's it's happening through a thing that I enjoy doing, which is yelling about Harry Potter.
1: Totally. Yes. Yeah. As complicated as this year has been in terms of Harry Potter as a entity doing this work, I'm like, I've found my calling. Like this is the thing that I want to be doing. And feels i don't know good and right and i don't know it kind of feels like no that allegory doesn't make any sense
0: can i can i maybe offer a suggestion of maybe how it feels a little bit for me Mm -hmm. i feel the conversations we have is a little bit like how i always wanted literature classes when i was in college to go where it's like we're going to read this text we're going to analyze it you know, like really kind of get into the meat of what's happening and the kind of the implications of this and like all of these things and, you know, we're going to, it's going to sound so very cliche, like open our minds and maybe even like change our thinking through literature. And I mean, that doesn't happen. I mean, it didn't happen for me because, I mean, I went to a very small white Lutheran college, so everyone was just kind of like, I don't feel, I feel uncomfortable talking about race in these books. And I'm like, I literally hate you so much why did you take this class uh so this is kind of like what high school jesse imagined college would be but college was was not that because capitalism but this Mm -hmm. is like we're having a conversation and people are engaging with us and being like oh i can take in these thoughts and analyses and points and kind of use them in my everyday to like be a more empathetic person to other people and also myself Mm -hmm. because i mean struggling with Your identity is hard, and especially if you're a queer person, you know? Like, it's not all unicorns and rainbows, as we all know.
1: (laughs) This actually leads really nicely into the next email that I want to read.
0: Yes, okay, good, because I was like, I don't know how to end this thought. I just have a lot of feelings.
1: (laughs) It is from Raina, who says, Jesse and Lark, I'm 16, and I identify as a genderqueer lesbian. I honestly have no idea how to convey how much you and your podcast mean to me. You two really do inspire me every single day, make me happy when absolutely nothing else does, and I feel as if you are my queer parental figures in a sense. I hope that's not too much pressure. Listening to The Gayly Prophet and Escape from Reality, you both talk about your experiences and trauma without judgment and more or less freely. And it has kind of given me permission to think about my own trauma and feel my feelings about it instead of repressing it, and the vocabulary to talk about it with my therapist. In addition, your open conversations about mental health have helped me feel less shameful about my mental illnesses, so thank you. I don't know how I could thank you enough for the validation of my thoughts, feelings, gender, and sexuality that I haven't received from most people in my life. I know it was unintentional, but it makes me unbelievably happy." Listening to your podcast inspires me like nothing else and helped me come to terms with my pronouns, she and they, and I have since been brave enough to put them in my Instagram bio, which is very exciting for me. Your podcasts make me feel at home and make me feel safe, and I truly love you for it. I'm sorry if I info dumped on YouTube, but thank you so, so, so much for reading my message and for creating these incredible, intelligent, hilarious, spectacular podcasts and spaces for queer nerds to thrive. I got chills like five times while I was reading that.
0: I'm like, i about to cry. All, all I've ever wanted to do is create a, a safe space for like tender queer nerds. Because the world is hard on tender queer nerds and we need to stick together.
1: <laughs> yep. Also, it is not too much pressure to be called someone's queer parental figures. Like that is no. goals. <laughs>
0: yeah, no, for sure. I will happily be anyone's cool queer aunt. I don't know. Send me your graduation pictures and I'll congratulate you. Like, I don't know. (laughs) Because I also want a cool queer aunt and uncle. I'm still looking for that. (laughs) So we have any older queers listening?
1: (laughs) (laughs) We'll adopt all the babies, but the elders need to adopt us. That's the deal. (laughs)
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's the best fucking feeling.
0: Uh yeah, I'm like so overwhelmed with feelings. I just want to nurture queer weird weirdos. It's it's hard to be a queer weirdo. It's so very hard. Yep. So so when you spent my entire life as a queer weirdo, feeling completely out of place for a variety of reasons, <laughs> and like not really until like my 30s, being like, "Yep, that's who I am." Fucking, I'm not changing for y'all. I'm not giving myself less weird. I'm over that. Yeah. So,
1: Speaking of things about this work that feel good, you had wanted to talk about some of our other campaigns and stuff like that that we've done, right?
0: Yes. I just want to say thanks to our patrons and to folks who brought Make Harry Potter Gayer 2020 stickers. We were able to give money to some really cool folks and organizations that like, we would not have been able to without everyone's support. And that also feels good to like be able to spread the love and be able to be like, I can't physically go down to these places and help you, so here is some money <laughs> mm-hmm. for the people who are actually doing it. It feels really good that like our our podcast community is also just very giving and being like, Yeah, let's give some money to these folks. Yeah. And we did really well with our the Hogwarts for Everyone stickers too.
1: Those are for us.
0: In June? Did we not donate the sticker proceeds? Or was it the Patreon funds?
1: We donated our Patreon funds. That The Hogwarts for Everyone sticker was a way to compensate us for the hundreds of hours of work that we did around JK Rowling. We donated this year to Trans Lifeline. We donated to two separate bail funds. Uh, we still are as soon as the Hermione hex the patriarchy stickers sell out. We're donating those to the trans women of color collective, and then we donated a bunch of like physical goods to homeless folks and indigenous folks who were displaced by the uh wildfires here this summer
0: like just changing real lives just
1: oh, and the hogwarts for everyone postcards those went to trans folks and then some of it just got given to gender reveal for them to distribute because they have a bigger platform than us
0: yeah yeah yeah, yeah. but just i guess i'm just constantly amazed about all the ways we are like changing people's lives that's that's impressive that is a impressive amount of donations we have distributed
1: yeah and which we obviously like we couldn't have done that without the community that we have built, which is so fucking rad.
0: Hashtag mutual aid. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yes. I've been calling 2020 the year that the US became socialist without the government's participation.
0: Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I just watched a TikTok where someone was talking about how and the many ways in which the US is against socialism and the music he plays underneath it is a very like twinkly version of the imperial march from star wars <laughs> and it's like yep america is in fact the empire
1: yeah and we are the resistance
0: Woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> yeah i just it's just nice to be reminded in it also in a year when so many people were acting without any empathy to like feel hopeful about other people Yes. I definitely have a hard candy core of cynicism around my heart (laughs) about humanity, about people in general. (laughs) Uh, And so it's just, it's really good to be reminded that like our listeners are fucking incredible people. And there are fucking incredible people who are like going above and beyond in this world. You know, that's hard on all of us. Like capitalism, late-stage capitalism is fucking the worst. Mm -hmm. It's crushing us all under the... Vice of wait, is that a vice when you screw it together to hold it still? What do you mm-hmm. know what I'm talking about? Okay, under the vice of keeping billionaires fucking billionaires. So, yeah, I don't know. I just, I just love all you guys <laughs> out there listening to us in the world that I don't know about, but I'm just like, there is <laughs> uh, in the like early days of the Night Vale fandom, someone made a little animated gif of uh, a person like laying in their bed under the covers with their headphones on, just listening to, like, the intro of, you know, Welcome to Night Vale, and it's like, it's so cozy. So I just hope everyone is able to have a cozy moment with this podcast and continue to be cozy. Like, life is short. Just give into wearing footy pajamas and having a weighted blanket and laying around listening to podcasts. Yes. And yelling. <laughs> yelling
1: at them. <laughs> um, so let's talk about the development of the work that we do this year i want to talk a little bit about just how much our podcast has grown uh i actually just looked and the gaily prophet is charting at number 181 on apple podcasts in the books category which like considering how many podcasts are in the running for that is super high and that's really fucking rad that's so cool I know.
0: I feel like my what my 2021 goal for the podcast is to get in the 100, the top 100. Yeah. That would be my dream.
1: That c- goes very well with my 2021 goal, which is to hit a million downloads by the end of the year. And I think it's possible. We ended last year with uh, 92,000 downloads, which is still a ton for a brand new podcast. That number tripled this year. If we triple again, we'll be at a million downloads by the end of next year. So to our wonderful listeners, tell your friends and help us hit that goal. It's I mean, even just where we are right now, like we're according to all of the Internet statistics, our podcast is in the top 10 percent of podcasts in terms of listeners. And like, I mean, I set out to make a podcast that was a big deal when we started this. But like, it's still such an incredible feeling to see that and be like there's like 90,000 podcasts and we're in the top 10%. Holy shit.
0: I mean, plenty of podcasts are not as good as us. <laughs> 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 no, that is like that is like super exciting. And especially it's it's exciting because I have to be a little bit honest about this. I always feel a little bit irrationally angry when a famous person starts a podcast because it's like, you're going to have a shit ton of listeners immediately because you're like in TV and movies and what have you. And this isn't to say that like, I'm not talking about the like Nicole Byers or the uh, JC Manzukas of the world. Those folks are like, that's part of their income. I'm not begrudging that. But like David Tennant started a podcast and I love David Tennant. Don't get me wrong. But it's like, really, bro? Really? Like you're still getting huge roles out there in the world. Did you did you really miss out a podcast? <laughs> <laughs> so it's just super exciting that to people who don't have household name recognition are in this like top percentage of podcasts. Like it's just it's just really awesome.
1: Yeah. I'm with you on that. I also I think I feel the same way and I feel more that way when people who have platforms and like big sources of income elsewhere have patreons i get really mad about that i'm like you're making things that people want they're gonna like pay for the things that you're making on patreon but you don't need that money and like other people do that's rude
0: yeah same thing for people who are famous who have only fans it's like you know people are making the money they're making on only fans for rent and like food and you're just on here just because like no get the fuck off of OnlyFans.
1: yeah totally
0: fuck are you doing i mean like OnlyFans and Patreon are a very similar, offer a very similar service, which is giving people income for the work that they are doing digitally. You know, if you don't need that income, get get the fuck off. <laughs> like Some of us are like, this is the thing that we're doing.
1: Yeah, which leads really nicely into me talking about the fact that as of this past February, this is the only job that I have. Uh, listeners may have noticed that at some point I stopped talking about the other work that I do because I don't do it anymore. I still do tarot readings. I do maybe like three a month on average. But other than that, all of the money that I make comes from the podcasts. And it was really scary when I decided to do it, but I was in the position basically of either quitting the podcast or quitting my other job and I really really didn't want to quit the podcast and so I just sort of trust fell into all of your arms and you caught me I'm not gonna say like I'm making enough money but I'm getting by with my and my partner's combined incomes and I feel confident that I'm like I will make enough money and like that's a really cool feeling it uh, i don't know it was so scary to make that decision and i can't even adequately express how validating it is that it was an okay decision to make
0: yeah i actually was a little worried the first couple months i'm like do we bring in enough people for you to do this i'm like oh god (laughs) Um, but yeah, I mean, thanks to the best virtual crowd surfing, you were able, you, every everyone caught you when you did that trust fall and you've been kind of like coasting across in the gentle of yes. crowd surfing.
1: <laughs> I haven't crowd surfed since I was like 13.
0: Um, I never have and I've always wanted to, but as a fat person, I'm like, I don't, I don't know if I feel, I don't know if I feel confident enough that anyone's going to catch me.
1: I at concerts where people crowd surf. Let me tell you that dudes who are like six foot four and built like football players have no qualms about crowd surfing, and they're not dropped. So, like, if it's a big enough arena, you know, maybe not at a punk show because everyone gets dropped at punk shows. But <laughs> if you're seeing Good Charlotte, which is where <laughs> I crowd surfed, you totally will have enough people to be able oh to my crowd. God, surf. Incredible. <laughs>
0: it's safe to like be on a dance floor I'm gonna like lose my mind I just saw a TikTok of a dude who's like I love going to punch I love going to mosh at punk shows because it's the only time that me as a black man feels comfortable wailing the fuck out of white dudes <laughs> I'm like <laughs> I want to experience that it sounds great oh my god I want to go to the golf club and mosh people <laughs> Oh god, where I'm sorry, where did this where did this conversation start cuz I've taken it to a very strange place. Oh right, you being able to quit your job and like that's so awesome and also we would definitely be the uh, our the the scope and the depth of the work that we do would be a tenth of what it is if you weren't doing this full time. And like, I don't know. I don't know. I feel like I should be thanking you, but I feel like that's weird. I don't know.
1: No, I always think it's funny when I talk to like friends who clearly just like really don't have a grasp of what I do. so they'll be like, "What are you up to?" And I'm like, "Working and like you know, life." And they're like, "What is what? What does working mean? Like, what are you doing?" And I'm like, well. For like five to six hours every day, I sit at a computer and I do work like other people who have jobs. Like I do computer stuff. I answer emails. I (laughs) like make graphics. I fulfill merch orders. I edit the podcasts. I actually have like seven jobs.
0: (laughs) You should just tell people that you are uh, managing a small business because basically you are. Like all of That's those true. things are things that people who manage small businesses do and when they are, to, are small enough, they can't outsource those things. And honestly, as someone who used to work in a social media management company, uh, you're doing definitely a way better job than a lot of people who even have departments to pay people to design <laughs> and like post stuff. So yeah, I mean, it's, this basically is what this podcast is. It is a small business.
1: It is. That's true. Um, right. And speaking of which, do you want to talk about hashtag ruthless?
0: Yes. Uh we we've expanded our our uh repertoire of podcasts this year. Now we have three podcasts. And with obvious commonalities in between uh Escape from Reality and We Are the Gayers and The Gaily Prophet. But since we are expanding beyond just a Harry Potter podcast, we are going to soon Be putting all of those things under the umbrella of Hashtag Ruthless Productions, your favorite indie media production company, because we are still aggressively independent. Uh, (laughs) We do not have any sponsors, so you never have to sit through any ads on this here show, except for the ones where we ask you for money. (laughs) (laughs) Yes.
1: (laughs) (sighs) Which... If anyone has suggestions for a section title for uh, Escape from Reality for a part where we ask you for money, will you email us? Because the only one I can think of is I'm just a poor boy. (laughs) (laughs) I think we should go for that. (laughs) Uh... Okay. (laughs) Cool. As long as it's funny and not, like, rude.
0: I mean, it fits well in our... Styling it after lyrics from Bohemian Rhapsody.
1: Right. It would have to be a lyric from Bohemian Rhapsody. So, yeah. So, like, right. Everything nested, now nested under hashtag Ruthless, which we're maybe going to change our handles and, like, website and stuff. It's very tricky. We'll get back to you all about that. But so we have Escape from Reality, which is our Simon Snow podcast, and... We have We Are The Gayers, which is a Patreon-only podcast about Buffy. And I've heard from three separate people as of today that they now associate going outside and seeing the full moon with the release of a new We Are The Gayers <laughs> episode. Yes. <laughs> I, like, we, we have a moon-linked podcast. Like I can't <laughs> think of anything
0: better than that. That is like the most witchy thing i know done. oh jeez
1: it's so wonderful i
0: love it i love it so much um uh, which is also great because rewatching buffy has been also a joy <laughs> i know and bringing up all of my like oh i have all these partially completed buffy fanfictions in my in my google drive i should finish those <laughs> yes <sighs> But yeah, so we're... It doesn't totally make sense to, you know, have our other projects linked to The Gayly Prophet because one day we will no longer talk about Harry Potter and we'll be continuing to talk about other things. Especially with We Are The Gayers because those are 22 episode seasons. Mm -hmm. we're going to
1: be doing it for so long. I did the math. Since we're skipping the bad episodes, which I just, at a guess, was like, there will be 12 of them that we don't watch. If that's true, we will be making this podcast for 11 years. Great. Yeah. Sounds perfect. <laughs> it does sound perfect. I love it.
0: Hopefully in 11 years, I will be on my off-the-grid farm, and I can just record in the attic <laughs> of my off-grid, my off-grid farmhouse.
1: Oh, man. Your internet connection is going to be great.
0: I know. Yeah, I actually, have, I actually have to think about that. I'm like, oh, Fuck. can I get internet in some of these places? So it's a delicate balancing act of how far away from civilization am I going to be because I need to have fast internet.
1: <laughs> yep. So I did want to talk about a critical note that we got that I both want us to respond to, but also I, like, on a personal note want to respond to because this letter sparked something in me. So this is an extremely edited version of this note because it was like very full uh so hopefully i didn't mess up any of the transitions but it says hi larkin jesse and your pride q and a someone asked you to describe how it felt to have a binary gender and you made a sort of throwaway comment toward the end that maybe you should ask a cis person It seemed like a joke, but I found it sort of unexamined and harmful in a way that reinforces the idea from within the queer and so-called trans-affirming communities that trans women aren't women and trans men aren't men. There are many trans people who know exactly what it feels like to have a binary gender and who could probably describe it better than most cis people. The idea that being trans makes you automatically on the outside of the gender binary is super dangerous and teaches well-meaning and relatively informed people that being trans means you are not a real man or woman and that your body and identity are a political statement. He also pointed out in the full conversation that he and I had that we have said things at other times on the podcast that also made him feel this way. And so obviously like we talked about it when we got this letter and we're like, okay, we're going to be really intentional and like mindful about that. But I think it's also important for us to talk about with our listeners.
0: Yeah, for sure. Thank you so much for like letting, letting us know about this. Cause like, I don't want our listeners to ever feel like we are dismissive of their gender identities. And especially for our trans listeners, like enough dumbasses do that in other places uh that's not the space we're trying to cultivate here so i'm glad i'm glad that you know you brought this up here because that is definitely something i want to be mindful of and make sure that i am like being concise about like the language that i am using
1: yeah and also just to be like very explicit that trans women are women and trans men are men like yeah we stop believe that I mean, it's, like, not even something that the word believe applies to. Like, yeah. we know that.
0: Yeah, that is a fact.
1: Right, exactly. And I I think when I think about that, I definitely can see how, like, my experience being a trans person who very intentionally politicizes my transness, like, I call myself a professional trans person, if I am inadvertently sort of like framing the trans experience through the lens of like my experience it definitely makes sense that it would come across as like trans bodies and identities are inherently a political statement which is just like not true that's just my personal like choice and experience is that i want to be very political about my gender identity and I, this really helped me realize that it's important for me to, like, see where my own experiences are, like, coming through in the way that I'm talking about the broader trans experience. Because, like, I'm only one person.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I guess I just want to say that, like, as a cis person, there's definitely more work I can be doing to, like, not say hurtful things to trans folks. And I am going to work on that personally and not take up anyone's (laughs) emotional time because that's always annoying. Yeah. But like, I think those are really good things just to kind of like keep in mind and to think about.
1: Yeah, for sure. So I want to talk about something like personal that came up for me in part as a result of this letter, just because I feel like it's really exciting and it I very much, like, owe it to the podcast and to, yeah, to the podcast in a lot of ways, I think, entirely, actually. So, like, reading, I think, specifically the part about, like, trans people know exactly what it feels like to have a binary gender and could describe it better than most cis people made me start thinking about, just in general, even outside of the binary there are a lot of trans folks who know like exactly what their gender is and I feel like I talked about it when we were answering that question in a sort of like ambivalent way that was like if you're non-binary you have no idea what this feels like without taking into consideration that like outside of the the framing of the question of like how does a cis person know that they're cis like That question really is sort of just like, how do you know what a specific gender feels like and like thinking about it Mm. that that can exist all the way all across the gender spectrum, basically. And so I was I think it got me sort of like thinking about the fact that like I know that I have a very specific idea of what my gender means to me and like what it is And then reading the Chuck Tingle book and getting the language of being like, gender is what's in your soul, I think also really opened up something for me in terms of the way that I can think about and process my gender. And it has been like, I don't know, really interesting and really informative to think about. And I'm still like, I don't know where... I land in terms of whether or not the word non-binary applies to me. The reason I've consistently used the word non-binary to talk about my gender is that using the word man to describe myself feels very wrong. But I don't feel like my gender exists outside of the like bubble of like binary maleness. I. Mm-hmm the words like boy or anything that sort of is like a slightly emasculated version of like (laughs) maleness. I'm like fag, twink, dandy, whatever. Those are all correct. Right. But man is not correct. But like I, through the process of this letter and then that episode have been like, I don't know that that has to qualify as being non-binary, which I think is interesting and something that I haven't really like seen talked about a lot and like it's really funny because when I first came out as trans I was like I feel like I'm a genderqueer boy like I'm genderqueer from the other side which gender's not actually a, a line between two things yeah. but like if it if we're thinking of it that way it's like that's that's what my Gender is. And I was like, that doesn't, that's not real. I can't have that. And like five years later, I'm like, I'm a genderqueer boy. <laughs> like, oops, <laughs> I nailed it the first time. <laughs> and I don't know. I think it helped me realize that like I consider genderqueer and non binary to be different things, which not everyone does. But like I went on this journey from being like, I'm genderqueer to like, I'm non binary. And now I'm like back to like, I'm genderqueer. But like, I'm a genderqueer boy. And it feels, like, really rad. I I still don't know if I can answer the question of, like, how I know, aside from, like, that's the only gender that I can, like, think about that doesn't make me feel a sort of, like, sense of repulsion, which is, like, you know your gender when you feel a sense of rightness when you think about it, which is, like, very broad and vague, but yeah it I don't know is really cool and a thing that like inadvertently resulted from making this podcast that I'm like this is a fucking rad thing that happened for me this year
0: yeah that's awesome I mean it's always good to learn more about yourself are your are your pronouns changing with this revelation no
1: no I mean I think it helps me in some ways feel I mean I've always since I started using he him pronouns I've been like this is the right thing but Something feels more like clicked into place for me in terms of why those pronouns are the right pronouns for me. Yeah, I feel like where how this feels to me is sort of like, I'm like binary masculine, but not a binary man. I think that there's more room within that than I was initially allowing myself
0: to conceptualize. I thought that makes sense to me. A whole new world okay. Sorry. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> <sighs> no, that's perfect. Maybe not a whole new world, but still very exciting.
1: It is very exciting. So yeah, thank you for two separate things, both for calling us <laughs> in about fucking up and also for helping me further more accurately define what my gender is for myself. Yeah, I just have two cute things to close out with but do you have anything else that you want to bring up before we do that i don't think i do okay so i just want to end this by reading the two best starts to an email that we received (laughs) this year okay first one is from persephone she said Hello again. It's your hopefully not least favorite autistic transbian with an unhealthy one-sided parasocial attachment to podcasts during quarantine.
0: <laughs> so a good. A
1: work of art.
0: That is like a such good sentence structure too. It's it's so good.
1: Yeah, 10 out of and 10. And it
0: flows so well when you're reading it. I know.
1: Oh my god. I I read it and was just like this is a, this is a beautifully crafted sentence
0: and uh very understandable as someone who's like uh yeah all the podcasts i listen to are my friends clearly
1: (laughs) (sighs) all right and the next one which we're going to close out on is from adam who says hello i'm a slightly under 50 cishet white settler nightmare man that really enjoys listening to things from the perspectives of people with lives that are completely different from mine
0: also so good so good
1: i just want us all to have these like super snarky quirky string of descriptive words for ourselves that we can use to introduce
0: ourselves that way
1: i don't know i want one of these two people to write my like bio for our website
0: (laughs) yeah nothing is more painful for me as someone with self-esteem issues than trying to write my own bio
1: that's why i wrote your bio
0: yeah you you sure did write my bio it wasn't just like don't perceive me period
1: it was not talks about your many fine qualities
0: (laughs) oh I'm just, uh, I am just—I am just a fox in a trench coat, <laughs> 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 wearing a very fancy vest and a pocket watch.
1: <laughs> Incredible.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, I have a lot of anxiety about the future, but I think the podcast is the one thing I don't have anxiety about. You know, we're gonna—we're gonna keep it going. We're gonna bring out some new shit. It's, we're gonna dream big this podcast we're going to reach in the top 100 on itunes of literature podcasts we we will live our dream of becoming gay famous on the internet
1: yes (laughs) the only kind of fame i want (laughs) hell
0: yes (sighs) anyway yeah tell all of your friends to listen especially the ones who desperately need some uh critical race and gender and politics discussion wrapped in a delicious chocolatey Harry Potter podcast. <laughs> like a what's a weird candy in Harry Potter? I don't know. Maybe we're more birds every flavor bean, actually, than we are any chocolate stuff, <laughs> only not gross. <laughs> yeah.
1: I don't know what we are.
0: You might get a sour one, you might get a sweet one, you might get a like bitter pill one, you know. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: All right, we're done. Uh, I can keep just... going if you want. <laughs> um, Everyone, this is our last episode until the end of Mercury Retrograde. So we will be back on February 23rd. One of our podcasts will be back that day. The Gaily Prophet will be back on March 2nd with our first Goblet of Fire episode.
0: Oh my god! We've made it to Goblet of Fire! I
1: know. I know. I'm so excited. I
0: really really do like this book a whole lot.
1: Me too. So yeah, have a nice month without us. Re-listen to the whole thing or something and we'll be back in your ears with new content in a little little bit. Thank you for listening to this episode. Gaily Prophet is a creation of Hashtag Ruthless Productions and is produced, mixed, and edited by me. We're on Patreon at patreon.com slash thegailyprophet. We're at thegailyprophet on Instagram and Twitter. Our website is thegailyprophet.com. We're on Tumblr, sort of, at uh, Podcast, And you should find us all of those places because it's fun
0: uh if you want to see videos of my cat (laughs) and whatever foster cat i inevitably have at this point uh you can follow me on instagram at live from detroit or on twitter at jesse underscore detroit
1: i can be found on instagram at lark malachi where i post a decent number of pictures of me with my shirt off so you know that's a thing
0: thirst trap and dog photos what? I said thirst traps and dog photos what more do you want? yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: I can also be found on my website which is like com, and that's where you can get a tarot reading from me our show art is by Theo Julian Forrester the music and our theme song is by Kevin McLeod. and uh, until next time
0: uh, don't sign any contracts during the retrograde everyone <laughs> <laughs> excellent <laughs>